we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, that sir. Angela Yee is already offering alcohol. Yes. Well, he's already still drunk from last night, so you know what they say. The and I'm taking way, all shots. The best way to get over that is to do another one. I'm take. Come on, let's do Simba, it. Simba, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, let's do it. Man, Simba is one of the most phenomenal lyricists rapping today. First and that off, is not an understatement. First off. I got to send a shout out to my dog because um, you've been supporting me for a minute. And it's it's a lot of people that's, you know, at your stature that feel like they got to wait till something blow up to post it or support somebody. So I truly respect you on another level. Not only just what you did for me, what you do in the therapy community, your book, Black Thank Privilege, you, everything. I really got a lot of respect for you. You too. 
Mm-hmm. I respect what you do a lot, mm-hmm. and also my waffle color friend over here. <laughs> I respect him a lot too. Uh-oh. He's a he's a legend in the game. And I saw Dave Chappelle showing you a lot of love too. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Dave actually brought me on stage. He had me like rapping for ten minutes on one of his specials. I think it's about to come out soon. Oh, where, 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 where? How you meet Dave? Just so I got a friend named B, um, who I know through my homie Cass, and he works with Dave a lot. And he sent Dave one of my freestyles. So Dave had like this uh this premiere he was doing in Los Angeles. He was like, Man, tell somebody to come. <laughs> like, tell that nigga to pull up. Mm-hmm. So I came through and then uh we had a good night. We had a few drinks and then he went back to the comedy store to do like a little private show. And then I'm just sitting on the side of the stage. He was like, Simba, nigga, come up here and rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up there and rap for like 10 minutes. So it was it was dope. Shout out to Dave, man. And it's not the fact that you just you can rap, that you always have socially redeeming value in your raps. Like you there's always to. some content in there that make you think. Like when you that big meat line when you say uh Big Meat change some more dope, dope than Big, big Farmer. Like yeah. God damn. You know where I got that from? Mm-mm. I shouldn't even be shouting them out because I'm giving them a free ad. Uh y'all seen Dope Sick? No. On Hulu? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's a show called Dope Sick on Hulu and it's about basically how they created Oxycontin. And it was showing how many people died from how it was prescribed. So they was trying to basically say that uh, people was abusing the drug, but really they was taking the drug to how it was prescribed to them and mm-hmm. people was dying from it in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I was watching and I'm like, shit, these motherfuckers so more dope than big names. They should be the ones getting in trouble. So or, I felt like I had a responsibility to say something about it. So let's, you, let's go back. Let's put people okay. that don't know who Simba is. Yes, sir. Who, where are you from? How'd you get into rapping? And, and you always say, I know they say that you... you uh, I guess growing up, you loved Jay-Z and Nas and Biggie. Yeah. So let's start from there. So so where are you from? So I'm from the Bay Area. From mm-hmm. the Bay Area. And my mom was a real estate agent. So my mom moved around a lot. She used to move around from uh, Trenton, New Jersey. I lived in Ben Salem for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlantic City, Vegas, L.A. So we moved around a lot. And I would always notice that, like, Bay Area music, it would hit a ceiling. Like, it wouldn't really go past our region. Yeah, very regional. So when I moved around as a kid, I'm like, damn. Like, I started wanting to write music and everything. And I was like, you know what? I got to make my music connect to everybody. And um, being on this side as a kid, I gravitated to Hove a lot. Just how he moved, the things he said, I related to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Big L. Even uh, Sauce Money. I used to listen to a lot of Sauce Money. You know what I mean? And that's just something that I wanted to incorporate in my music when I started creating for myself. Now, what got you into rapping? Because they said you were nice in sports. Yeah, man. I got caught cheating on my SAT test. Whoa. How'd you get caught cheating? We ain't going to talk about that. Was it one of the ones where you had the hands like this? Did you write it on the I had a nice young lady that was doing something for me. Oh. And uh, we both got caught up. You know, so I couldn't I couldn't go play ball after that. So through that process, I was sitting at the homie crib for a year, um, stubborn, not trying to listen to my coach and everything. And I didn't even like my coach at the time. I still think that nigga was racist. You play basketball or football? Basketball. Basketball, okay. But um yeah, I just I was stuck in the crib in my homie crib and he had a studio. So I just started rapping in his studio every day and I fell in love with music more than I did with basketball at the time. I got tired of waking up at six in the morning going to shoot. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just do this. And I just stayed at it and got and, good at it. I'm more concerned about the young lady, man. What happened to her? 
Don't don't talk about her. You got to give her a job or something. Nah, soon. man. She cheated on me. <laughs> oh, that was you was you was cheating off her? She, she could go to hell. <laughs> See, all this cheating going down she never went go to hell. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So you also wrote for a lot of artists, too, yeah. right? So was your goal always for you to be the artist, or did you enjoy being in the background more at first? My goal was just to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was times I used to be in studios. People thought I was just a weed man. Like, I used to just come through with the weed, be talking to everybody, rolling up. They'd be like, oh, that's the weed, man. They ain't even know I rap. So my job was just like, I always looked at it like, do what you got to do to get to where you want to be. So if I had to write for somebody, if I had to hold somebody bags, if I had to uh, turn the session up and just be the fun person in the room, I was down to do whatever I had to do to get to where I want to be. So that's how I ended up writing, because a lot of people, you know, don't write their raps. So, you know, I, I came in to write a lot of raps were you, for people. Were you surprised by that, the, the amount of people that didn't write their own music? I would say what surprised me more was um, people that can't rap not writing their raps. Mm. Just because they got a good voice. People you thought was lyricists. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's what shocked me the most. But at the same time, as I'm learning, this is a business, right? So you got shows, interviews, you on the road. Sometimes you really ain't got time to sit down and write all mm-hmm. write all goddamn day like that. So I had to learn that um, just even for myself. Shit, I'm starting to look for writers to write for me because I ain't got time to just be sitting in the studio no more. You really? have a very you have yeah. a you got yeah, yeah. that's hooks a very honest hook, hooks and just ideas. Period. That's an honest thing yeah, to not say. verses. I talked to Quentin Miller last night. Man, shut up, man. I'm serious. <laughs> you want to see my phone? I talked to him last night. You talking hooks and ideas? Hooks not and ideas. No, bars. I'm gonna always write my verses, but okay. I, I but you just gotta clear that up because people, people, people are like, damn, Simba don't write his raps. No, I write. I write everything. I write everything. Like all my verses, all my freestyles, I write everything. But at the same time, it's things I may miss. Somebody mm-hmm. might have an idea or something that I'm not thinking of. You know what I mean? And if that could compliment me. It's a business. We need hit records. I just ain't trying to be freestyle, man. My man, whole I'm career. so glad you said that because I, I always, when I first heard you, right, this is a while ago. I'm like, yo, this dude is really dope, but I hope he can make songs. And I can't. I'm old enough to remember these super lyricists that we used to love their freestyles on the Clue mixtapes and yep. everything, but then they couldn't make songs. Where are they now? Where? Mm-hmm. Where are they now? Right at the end of the day, this is a business. People know I can rap. But I'm growing, and it's like at this point I gotta deliver records, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what we giving them with results take time. This Friday is is actual songs. I'm not just rapping on beats. I'm rapping on records. I love the meaning behind the title. Uh, results take time. Yeah. Then you got songs like Overnight yeah. and Find a Way and Sacrifice. It all tells this story of results taking time. Do you, do you feel like you're getting the results uh, that you've been looking for? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, I'm somebody that embraced the process all the way around. So it's like. I remember doing shows in the Bay. I had like three people in there. Moved to LA, ain't nobody knew me. I do shows at the Roxy, be about 15 people in there. I just sold the Roxy out last month. Wow. So that was a real like accomplishment for me because it was letting me know like, okay, things is working and you growing as an artist. Let's just continue to get better. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. You go from a song like Unknown to GOAT. Yeah. You know, and so first it's Unknown, but now the status is you are striving to be the goat of all of this and that should be the goal for anybody that Facts. does this who who want to be second or third or fourth or fifth like we all in this to be number one mm-hmm. i'm sure when y'all got in this game y'all didn't look like i'm gonna be the third best 
nah. person on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Content yeah. media is like, no, nah, I'm here to be the best. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it's about. I was going to ask you, with, with moving around, of, of course, rest in peace to PNB. Yes, sir. But moving around, you know, you said you were in Trenton. You said you were in Vegas. You were in Atlantic City. You yeah. were in California. You've been in New York the last couple of days. Uh, talk to the people about New uh, L.A. culture when it comes to the streets in L.A. Definitely. Sometimes I think people, when they go to L.A., it's sunny, it's beautiful, there's Definitely. palm trees, there's nice cars, Definitely. beautiful people, expensive stores, but they don't understand that it's, it's it could get nasty. So the first thing you got to realize, I'm from the Bay Area, so the first thing I learned about L.A. is it's a difference between L.A. and Hollywood. A lot of us think Hollywood right. is L.A. Hollywood is not L.A. That's Hollywood. L.A. is something different. It's protocol. It's people you got to tap in with. You can't just move around L.A. thinking everything is going to be cool. Especially right now, you know, we just got out this pandemic. Niggas ain't hit for that PPP money. Mm -hmm. They didn't got them loans. They didn't created a new lifestyle, got new cars and new cribs, and they got to pay for this shit. Mm -hmm. So everybody outside looking for somebody to get. So we as artists, we got to be more responsible about the things we do. Like security only costs shit three four hundred dollars you know what i mean mm -hmm. like make sure you got a security guard with you um i when, think when you say tap in you know that that term tap in has affected people for years especially artists because like, oh, niggas got, got egos right they got egos and too much pride but i'm i'm never too prideful to protect myself i got a kid i got to get back home to i got a mama you know what i mean so it's like i'm never finna just be out here moving reckless or doing things that i just think i'm free i got shit $150,000 worth of jewelry on. I'm not just finna don't, go... I, I don't even know if you want to say that. I'm just... Look, I'm, I, I I wasn't wearing it last night at the Brooklyn Chop House. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. That. You in the interview. That's real. That's, that's, that's right. That's you right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm gonna leave it to where it need to be. It's like, I'm not trying to flex on nobody. To keep it real, I don't even like wearing this shit. It's just like a rapper costume, for real. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a business card. You know what I mean? But I don't like wearing it because it's really kind of like a symbol of like stunting on your own people. Mm -hmm. It's like we get money to show people I got more than you. And it's like, I think that's some lame shit. I think I'm going to stop wearing jewelry in I, a minute. For I real. feel what you're saying. You know what? I want us to start flexing about like how many people we're, we, 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 we causing to get the work. Facts. You know what I mean? How many jobs are you creating Facts. for people? How many businesses are you creating to create other opportunities for other folks? That's what we need to start talking about. Facts. And that's that's the most important thing. Like I got my best friend right here. We've been together since forever. You mm -hmm. know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But it's like now he come from the streets, mm -hmm. like the street streets. He didn't been in a lot of shit. Jail, he been shot, everything. But his mind on being an executive now. That's right. You know what I mean? He was in the room last night with Julie Greenwald. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? He talking to Mike Julie. Kaiser now. So it's it's different. Like, that's the goal is for us to make it out of these circumstances mm -hmm. to provide more opportunities for the people we around and people we could bring up as well. I'm and glad, that's I'm Atlantic glad Records that you just brought up, right? Julie? Yes. Um, so before that, you were signed to Columbia. It was terrible. <laughs> All right, what what makes it terrible? And what made you feel like, okay, I'm ready to sign to another major? Because sometimes people do a major label deal, they get so turned off, they're like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. So how did you know that was the right situation and what was terrible about Columbia? So when you when you a new artist, like, this shit don't come with no brochure. So the only way for you to get the information is to fuck up a little bit. So when I, um, can I cuss? My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when I first got my deal, I realized fast, like, I'm not a priority, and I played this wrong. So I got my advance, and I blew my money like in like three weeks. I owed people. I had to pay certain things back. Went mm -hmm. and bought clothes. Went and bought a Maserati. Went and got a new uh, apartment and everything. What was the advance? It was nice. 
That's a lot of things you did. It was, it was nice. Um, but at the same time, what I was supposed to do with that advance was create an infrastructure for myself. So when I got out of that deal and I got my new deal, the first thing I did, bought a laptop, bought my cameraman a camera. Uh, hired a digital team, hired my own PR, hired my own people around me that could help advise me to move forward rather than just spending the money on myself. Mm -hmm. And I think as artists, sometimes we got to realize like we just not rappers, we a business, right? And as a business, you got to run it like a business. Mm -hmm. You need people in play to help you sustain where you trying to go. So that was one thing I learned. Um, but also it was a regime change. So I can't just say um, it was terrible because the people who brought me in was great. They just had left. At mm -hmm. the time, they went to a different label. So when they left, Columbia was going into a new business model to where they only wanted, like, TikTok artists, and they wanted, mm -hmm. like, social media artists and shit like that. And I feel like I'm a word-of-mouth artist. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody that you got to meet, you got to touch mm -hmm. me, you got to smell me, you mm -hmm. got to feel me. I'm not just going to get on there and yeah, 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 yeah. do a dance and it go <laughs> up. So um, they ended up letting me go. I was independent for a little while, me and my homie, trying to figure it out, spending money, and I ran into Dallas Martin. And Dallas Martin kind of changed my life for real. That's like the first A&R that really, like, sat with me and gave me the game and be with me to this day. We was together last night till 4 this morning. Like, mm -hmm. And he up at the office right now. Mm -hmm. so, That's my dog. Shout out to Dallas. You know, I, I like what you were saying earlier, too, just about uh, how you move as an artist, saying, saying it's, it's okay to have security because we're the culture that literally bragged about being in the hood Man, with all be, our jewelry on with no security. We be bragging about the wrong shit. That shit has got so many people shit. killed. Yes. We be bragging about the wrong shit. Like, I'm, it's stupid to go around a bunch of kids and young men who fighting for these things. Like, they can't even really feed themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you round them with this big-ass chain. That's going to make them feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. So you got to protect yourself. You ain't being no sucker or you ain't being dumb. You know, you being smart. That's right. You know what I mean? So you got to protect yourself. Like, I advise everybody to get security, especially today. Because these young boys today, like, they different. They different. They going to run up on you any place, anytime. Y'all seen, seen Philly, uh, Philly Reddit? Nah, what's that? Man, I was just in Philly with Wallow and Gilly. Salute to Wallow and Gilly. Shout out my brothers. Um, And they showed me this YouTube page called Philly Reddit. And it's like all these kids that's just like dissing each other and killing each other. Like they literally doing the police job for them. Mm. Literally on camera. They grabbing like ring footage from people's doorstops, showing the person that walked the dude down four blocks down. It's like a whole investigation Damn. on YouTube. Damn. It's like we got we to gotta do better, man. We got to do better. What's your thoughts on, you know, this was big in the last couple of months where our artists, are, they're using the artist's lyrics in court. But I don't agree with that. Artists are telling on each other, though, on, on themselves. So it's two sides to that, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't agree with that because at the end of the day, as a detective or police, whatever, you still got to do your job. So I don't think your job should be minimized to what somebody's saying in their song. Now, the problem with that is... If somebody actually dies and you get on a song and say where this person died and what you did and how it went down, that's your fault. That's what's happening, though. That's your fault. Yeah, it's not like people, it's not like they just listening to raps and saying, oh, he just talked about killing somebody. Yeah. Let's go. It actually happened. It actually happened. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. actually happened. So if it's actually happened, you can't you can't get mad at them people because you making it a lot more easier. But if mm -hmm. if they're using this against you and this is something you was enhancing or something that didn't really happen, then I can understand where it could feel unfair. But at the same time, if you just getting on there just 
saying what actually happened, it's like, bro, that's your fault. Right. Like, I don't, I don't feel bad for you at all. Now, now what's your relationship with Stat Quo? Because on the project, you oh, said... Oh, man. You, you said he told you something that you wasn't feeling. Stat I don't want to say it because I don't want to misquote it. Say it. I don't want to... I can't Stat remember what it was. Stat Quo told me my, my music would never hit, and if I ain't have a gimmick, then people wouldn't give, give a, a shit. Give a shit, yes, okay. It's crazy how a nigga who ain't never made nobody's made a list, list yeah. can make you feel like you can't go where you trying to get. Now, why Stat Quo get that shot? Man, <laughs> because... Stat, I, and I got love for Stat, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like uh, me trying to like tear him down or nothing, but at the same time, right, he's an older black man. And I was a young black man, still a young black man. But at the time, it's like, bro, don't just tell me where I'm going wrong without giving me some advice on how to get it right. Mm. You just tearing me down in mm -hmm. front of people. Mm -hmm. So we used to be in these offices and he would just, oh, you ain't got no identity. Oh, you need to grow your hair out. You need to do this. You need to do that. I'm like, bro, why I gotta do that? Like, what's what's another way we could do it? But he would never tell me. <laughs> where, where, where? He, just, he didn't know, though. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't put what happened to you on me. Mm. Like, help me get it right as a young black man. Don't just tear me down in front of these people and ruin my opportunity because yours didn't work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had to say something about that because I feel like this is the first time the world watching me and I want them to know what I've been through. So what's the connection, though? I was like, well, what's the... What Stat worked at the label I was originally at before Atlanta. Oh, got you, He got was you, at Columbia. Mm. He oh, brought Lil Xan over there. Yeah, he had Lil Xan as his artist. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So okay, I used okay. to come... Imagine me coming in the office rapping <laughs> how I rap and he got Lil, Lil Xan in there telling me what the fuck I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you got a point. You know what I'm saying? Point it's like, made. bro, help yeah. me get it right. Did yeah, he say yeah, anything yeah. to you after he heard that? I, I heard recently he uh it ain't out it yet, ain't yet but my boy sent it to him because he cool with that he out there Marcus but uh he sent it to him and he felt the way but it's like I felt the way mm -hmm. you know what I mean when you was putting me on blast in front of these people rather than like helping me trying to get it right you was just tearing me down it's kind of crazy because Stacko he's a rapper rapper so rapper, it's like rapper. yeah I'm like I thought he I, I I would feel like he would see you man Stat used to tell me I'd never sell a ticket. Damn. I can't believe Stat was talking like that. Damn. You ain't got no identity. You need to learn how to do this. You got to know. Your clothes is terrible. What are you wearing? What? I'm like, bro, okay, help me get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, just yeah. tell me where I'm going wrong. Help mm -hmm. me get it right. But, you know, for Stat, and, and I don't know the brother, but he might have been, that's what they might have been telling him. For sure. When he was coming up. For sure. So now, I was... actually know Stat quote pretty well because I worked with Eminem. Oh, okay. So we so were all us. on tour together and everything. Yeah. And I remember his manager, Zeke, and, you know, the things that Stat went through. And then I thought it was interesting when he did start going on the other side of things and being an A&R. And no, all that. but that was dope as, mm -hmm. as Stat making that transition. I feel like that's something we got, we all got to understand as artists is like music ain't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. right. So you got to do it again someplace else. Uh, 50 did it in film and television. Mm -hmm. Jay did it in business. Kanye doing it in fashion. Stat did it in an executive role, right? Mm -hmm. But as an executive, bro, don't just tear me down. Right. You know what I mean? Don't just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me how I could get it right. I'm not no sensitive-ass person. Mm -hmm. I see. Cause you know what I mean? You were like, just tell me what to do Just then. tell me what to do and I'm going to get it right. But he would never tell me that. He would just tear me down. But not only that, you, 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 I guess you look at it like, he was in your position, so the fact that he got Facts. power, he should be pulling up artists Facts. that he knows. Yeah, I, I get it. Facts. I watch you do it with mm -hmm. people. Like, you be giving people real estate game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You tell people where to get it right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people I didn't talk to that just said, yo, Envy put me on this, or Envy didn't put me on that. That's what we got to do as a people. We already, like, what we like, 13% of the population? Right. Yeah, yeah. So we already outnumbered. So it's important for us to kind of, like, give each other the information so we could get it right to move forward. You talk about Dallas and how, as an A&R, he's really helped you a lot. Yeah. So what are some things that Dallas told you that have helped you? Dallas is, like, 
First off, I don't think no A&R work harder than Dallas. Dallas don't, Dallas be at the studio longer than the artist. It's times I didn't went home and went to sleep and he calling me at five in the morning with a feature he didn't put on the song. Wow. Uh, it's times where he didn't told me, bro, you shouldn't put this in the video because you're going to come across this certain way. You shouldn't speak about these these things. Say it in a different way. Um, having an identity, understanding who you are as an artist. What's your message? Who you speaking to? Build your underbelly out first before you chase a hit record. Mm -hmm. So imagine an A&R telling you that when they usually going to tell you we need a hit. We need a hit. But Atlantic, they allow you time to develop. Mm -hmm. So Dallas always gave me the time to develop my fan base and develop who, who I was, especially within the pandemic, because I had a big moment with the freestyles, LeBron posting me, Shaq mm -hmm. posting me, but I can't go outside and do a show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't go outside and host nothing. I can't go meet y'all. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I can't do nothing, so I'm stuck. So he had put me back in the studio. Okay, let's move forward. Let's try this. Uh, let's try this type of song. People feeling this type of way in the house let's make something for that let's do a freestyle for that mm -hmm. so he been with me like every step of the way just giving me game telling me when i'm wrong telling me when i'm right and i appreciate him for that you know i love uh never end up broke yeah you know and, and on that record you, you know the hook is money can't buy back time my nigga yeah what does that line mean to you like sometimes like sometimes we get money and think we could go back and correct the things in the past mm -hmm. right but it already happened so it's like you got to get that money and move forward and, and, and make sure you don't make them same mistakes that you made in the past. You can't just like most people get bread and try to go back and get the girl that turned them down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nigga, she passed you. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? She running around with Julio Jones. Like, go let mm -hmm. her. Go let her do that. That sounds very personal, Simba. It, no, it's not. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a Tom Brady fan, so okay. I know he got okay. Julio now. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So shout out to Tom and Julio Jones. But um, you can't go back in the in the past and change things because you got money now. Mm -hmm. But you can learn from those things and let your money be applied to where it is you trying to move forward to. So that's, that's really where it came if, from. If you could buy back time, what time would you buy back? Uh, what time in your life would you buy back? Trying to build a relationship with my dad. Mm. I never got to really meet my dad. My mm -hmm. dad went to jail when I was one, and he died in prison. And he died on some, like, some janky shit. Like, we still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I never really got, like, a father figure in my life. My mama was, like, both roles. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot that I feel like I could have, um, I probably wouldn't have been a rapper if I had my dad in my life. You think? Yeah, I probably would have done something different. Okay. But um, me looking for a male father figure, I looked up to rappers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I looked up to Hove. Hove mm -hmm. taught me how to talk to women. Mm -hmm. Hove taught me how to represent myself, and I learned that from hip-hop. Um, But not having a dad in my life, it kind of, like, hindered me a little bit. You know? I didn't go to college. That's something I probably would have did. Um, Respecting women. A mm -hmm. lot more, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Coming from the Bay, we kind of come from this pimp culture, mm -hmm. you know, and our OGs tell us, oh, man, fuck the man, do, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, man, that ain't that ain't really the way we should be operating out here as black men. Mm -hmm. You're so, right. We did a lip service live in the Bay. And let me tell you, it was wild. The guys and us, like all of us going back and forth. Yeah. Just how they were talking and how we were talking, but it's a, it was like a cultural thing. Yeah, no, nah, we, we got a crazy uh, mentality the way we kind of see things in the Bay. Um, but I'm trying to like break that cycle a little bit because we got we got to respect our people more. It ain't just about mm -hmm. you know women or men. It's about us as a whole, as a community. Like, we got to respect our people more. 
I don't think people should PNB rock. You know what I mean? Rest in peace, PNB rock. I don't think somebody should lose their life because they got a chain on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You gonna grab this chain, get what five, ten thousand dollars from it, spend that shit in two weeks, and then you gonna be looking to rob and kill somebody else. Like mm-hmm. we gotta put more respect on our people. And that, and, that, and that's only if you stay free, which I doubt's Facts. gonna happen. Which exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the cops are exactly. trying to find out. They're looking at all the pawn shops now to see who is gonna turn in this chain and try that to get some money. That, from it. Cop, that just makes me feel like the cops don't have a have a lead. Which is wild Fact. for something like that footage. to happen in a Roscoe's in Fact. broad daylight with all them cameras. It's got to be a lead. That was a wild shop. Roscoe's, though. Yeah, yeah. Because they say people normally, when they do that, they try to sell it really fast. They're not going yeah. to a pawn shop, though. They're yeah, not going to go can't. to no pawn shop. But the problem is they'll sell it to somebody. Somebody going to say that they sold it to them. Mm-hmm. This person going to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. That person going to tell somebody. And before you know it, they caught up in an indictment. Yep. They done lost their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask no, you. No, hold on. I'll go back to your father real quick. I'm glad that you said that because there's so many men that are starting to have that conversation now about wanting that connection yeah. with their fathers. You yeah. know what I mean? I tell people all the time, first time I had a breakthrough in therapy was realizing the daddy issues that, that I that I had. And right. I'm just like, I'm just glad that you're saying that out loud because, man, we be acting like fathers are disposable. Nah, bro, we need that. <laughs> like, I just had a son. Like, my son, two years old, so I be watching him just do little things I do. Mm-hmm. Um, So it be making me aware of, like, okay, let me not smoke in my videos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let me not drink so much around mm-hmm. him like let me do certain things to where he could look at me as a role model I ain't had it right, I used right. to look to other men for that like I remember when the uh, the all-star game in 2000 it came to Oakland mm-hmm. and um, I went to the game with my cutty uh, David and his dad right mm-hmm. um, and I was just watching him you know what I mean? Like, he like, look, son, woo-woo. We getting autographs from, like, Kevin Garnett and Shaq and everybody. But he running up on them like, hey, you can sign this for my son? Woo. And I'm just like, damn, I wish I had that. That's real. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I had somebody to do that for me. But it was always my mama. And as a woman, like, they ain't into sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, like, they ain't into certain things we into as young black men. So it's like, it's only so much she could tell me. So not having that in my life, I feel like it it hindered me a little bit to where I learned a lot of things later that I had to unlearn, which things I had to unlearn that I thought was the right things right. to do because I didn't have a male figure in my life to tell me that. So is that why you took the name Symbol? Nah, that shit just came from me watching The Lion King too much. That's what I mean. Symbol lost Mufasa y- yeah, early and yeah. had to figure it out For on sure. his own. Yeah, yeah, I gotta okay. watch that. For sure. You still it's... never watched The Lion King? You never seen The Lion King? And she's never been to Disney World. I went to the play. That's yeah, you out of pocket. <laughs> you ain't never watched the Lion King. I went to the Broadway play, but I just haven't seen the movie. But you ain't never seen the movie. No. And they got a new one. You ain't even seen the new one. No. The new one's trash. You out of pocket. So, so why? So why? Why'd you take the name Simba? What about that character resonated with you? Well, originally, I used to just watch the Lion King a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, um, my mom used to work like three different jobs. So I would always go to my grandma's house, and I had all my cousins over there. Shout out Swain, Kenny, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby Al, I used to always be in Berkeley with my family, and um, I used to watch just The Lion King a lot, and everybody would just be like, hey, you Lil Simba. Like, that's all you want to watch, Lil Simba. So that was my name. When mm-hmm. I was playing basketball, they'd be like, Lil Simba. So when I stopped playing, I already had the nickname, and I just ran with it. Wow, you know that movie is really, if you, you know, I, I wrote about this in the last chapter of my book. It talk, That's really the plight of the black person in America. Thanks. You know what I mean? If you watch, if you watch the Lion King, facts. You know what's crazy too? I be noticing like, you notice like all Disney movies be kind of starting off with death. 
Mm, like yeah. the character be dying in the beginning yeah. and then the kid just kind of be trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like I always wonder why that is. It's a good story arc, you know, because you can just say, like, especially in The Lion King, like it's that story in particular, like he's supposed to be king. Like yeah. he was born to be king. king. Yeah. It's like, yo, nobody taught him to be to that, be king. you know? Facts. So, But once he was just reminded, it was kind of like in his DNA. Facts. You and know? figured it out. They figured it out. We gonna always find a way. way. Hey, <laughs> tough record. <laughs> tough record. I was gonna tough ask record. when first came out in the Bay, was the Bay very supportive? Hell no. Nah. Because <laughs> you don't have a Bay, a, a Bay Man, sound. Man, I went say. through so much. I say a line on the uh, the project. Kennard told me I needed a feature from Kafani if I wanted to support. Kennard was his program director in the Bay from the time. And um, like I said, I would move around with my mom and I would notice we kept hitting the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So I would bring my music up there like, yo, I'm trying to expand our sale and I'm trying to touch every region. They'd be like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. You need something faster. You need a club record. You need this. And I'm like, bro, that ain't who I am. You know what I mean? We got artists to make music for the club. Let me make music for when they on the way home. Mm -hmm. Let me make music for when they getting up in the morning and going to work. And people just used to, like, bash me for that a little bit. Like, I was doing something wrong, but the people rocked with me, though. Mm -hmm. Like, the people in the Bay always rocked with me. It was just the politics that looked at me like a weirdo, like I was doing something wrong or breaking culture when I was just trying to expand it for real. Put us on the who Kafani is, because I thought you said Kalani. See how crazy that is? I thought you, I did. I See thought how you crazy said Kalani. That is? And shout out to Kafani. Kafani is a is an artist, but like you just said, you don't mm -hmm. even know who that is. But I, they, I heard that line, I was like... Kalani. But they they okay. made me feel like I had to be him to make it up here. So he's an artist from the he's Bay? He's an artist okay, from okay. the Bay Area. Right. Remember that song, Fast Like a NASCAR, 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 Fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Kafani. Okay, okay. So they used to tell me, make records like that when I'm rapping like this. Got you, got you, got you. Got you let everybody have it that had... Because um, I'm fed up, yeah. <laughs> I, get, I know the feeling. I'm fed everybody up. You don't forget none of those it. people who tell well, you that you want to go make it. it all, I get it. They put me through it all. Do you still write for um, other artists now? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you who, but okay. yeah. I How, still is write. It, is I'm it... writing people's freestyles now when they go to the radio. Well, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so is it easier for you to write for other people than to write for yourself, like to tell made-up fictional things? It's way easier because a lot of artists, like, with me, I have trouble making songs about nothing. So you know how some artists could just be in there and talk about their car, how many women mm -hmm. they got, how, how many shoes they didn't bought. I have a hard time making songs about that. So I be needing like a concept, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to approach this. And then for some artists, like they just want some dope lyrics. You know what I mean? So I just make a bunch of shit rhyme and give it to them and they rock with it. So who's your favorite uh, MC lyricist that you love to listen to now? Future. Future. Future is probably my favorite rapper ever. People sleep on Future so much. Remember, remember when they was having that Mount Rushmore conversation? He should and be, it was like Kendrick, be, yeah. Drake, J. Cole. I'm like, future the fourth is Future Facts. of the last decade? Facts. No, no Facts. disrespect to nobody else, but Future changed culture. Facts. And I think because it's not the traditional way of hip-hop, mm -hmm. people look at it as if he's not lyrical. But he's very lyrical. Like, mm -hmm. if you really listen to in detail what he say, He's very lyrical, and it's a lot that I learned from him just slowing my pockets down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How to reroute my words and certain things. So shout out to Future, man. He definitely in my top five forever. Why you, why you ain't reach out to him for results take time? I see you got Key Glock on, man. Uh, you see Megan Thee Stallion? 
250 for a feature. I ain't got that yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah. Yeah. but look, you got you got Roddy Rich, but I guess y'all on the same. That's label. my dog though. Me yeah. and Roddy had a song before this one. We mm-hmm. just couldn't get the sample cleared. Okay, so it never came out. But I've been knowing Roddy for a minute, and he always just rocked with me. Like Roddy was the one person that allowed me to like have a courtside seat to his success. Mm-hmm. So I was in there when he made every season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was in certain sessions, Kiefer which is a part of his team. That's my dog. So I was able to actually see them go from, like, nothing to a diamond record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he allowed me to be in certain studio sessions and everything. And um, the way the record happened was through Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, I had just came back from New York. I was doing this, uh, what was we doing? Me and Drama was in the studio doing the... Um, Gangsta Grill? The Gangsta Grills. Mm-hmm. And I came back. I had this photo shoot that was like, it was like a 12-hour photo shoot. Mm-hmm. I went to the studio. I was tired. Went home, went to sleep. Dallas called me at like 4 in the morning. Roddy had just pulled up. And he listened to the whole project front to back. And he was like, bro, I'm about to jump on this right now. And that's actually one of my favorite verses on the project because he's actually telling me what happens at the next level. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's telling me when you get your rich, it takes some time to process. You got to keep it prolific through the progress. Stay mm-hmm. solid for your dog on the full yard, even if you PJ'd up with the go yard. Mm. You know what I mean? So like that was that meant a lot to me just because bro always rock with me, I always rock with him. And for like my moment, he gave me that verse. Who'd you connect with first? I know Roddy Roddy was uh, under Nip as well at yeah. one point. So who'd you connect with first, Nip or Roddy? Because I saw you on the Facts podcast, Salute to Fuzzy and Q. Shout out to Fuzz and Q for yeah. sure. I met Nip in like 2012 in Atlanta. Okay. I met Nip um 2012, and this one, like, uh, Cookies first came out. Y'all know Burner? Yeah, Shout out absolutely. to Burner. Shout out to Burner. So in the Bay, we had the Cookies before anybody knew it. So Cookies, if you ever smoke it, it got this distinct smell, like, you could just smell it. You could tell from anywhere it's at. You know what it is. And we was in Atlanta, and we was smoking in a club, and then Nip kind of came over. He was like, hey, bro. He was like, what y'all, what's that y'all smoking? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's some cookies. He's like, let me get some of that. I'm like, boy, you Nipsey. I ain't about to sell you no weed. You can have this shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So uh, we ended up smoking. He gave me his number. He was like, if you ever get back to L.A., hit me up. And I straight up lied to him. I was like, I live in L.A. I ain't even live in L.A. <laughs> oh, you in Atlanta at the time? I was in Atlanta. I was okay. like, I live in L.A. And he was like, all right, well, hit me when you get there. So I flew back to the Bay like two days later, and I, my car was parked at the airport. And I got in the car, and I didn't even go home and get clothes. I just drove straight to L.A. And from the Bay to L.A., it's a six-hour drive. Mm-hmm. So I just jumped on the road to L.A., and I got through the grapevine. I texted him like, What's up, bro? Just landed back in L.A. Let me know when you're in the studio. You feel me? And he was like, we in there tonight. Pull up. Pulled up. He had the studio downtown. Knocked the verse out. And he had this this wall full of books, right? And one of the books, he was telling my cameraman, Demandre, at the time, like, uh, pick any book you want. And Demandre picked the 22 Immutable Laws of Branding. Mm-hmm. And that book changed all our life. That's when I figured out how to sell myself. Right, what my identity was, what I was gonna stand on. So that whole day of just meeting him was like a whole life changing experience for me. And then every time when I uh, moved to LA, I would see him. He he remembered me. He always showed me love. Mm-hmm. It was a Seven Eleven by the studio. I always see him there. He'd be like, "What's up, bro? You still doing your thing?" I'd be like, "Yep." So he always rocked with me, man. Rest that's in peace to Nip. That's man, a, that's absolutely. a real legend right there. You know, you Facetime me one day, man, and you you yeah. you put me on the the, uh, the Facetime with. 
the super I'm, legend ain't even the, strong, the right Dre. word. Doctor Dre. Yeah. What 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 does getting that call mean? When Dre call you and say, "Yo, come to the studio, let's do something." Everybody, shut up and sit down. <laughs> you feel me? Quit telling me I need to make a hyphy record. <laughs> you feel me? Let me do me. But uh, nah, it was special because uh, I actually met Dre um, through Keon, which is his nephew. Mm -hmm. I met Keon at a studio session. He was in the room playing beats, and I'm somebody that's like, I'm open to everything. Like my uh, my big dog that I'm signed to, Donnie Meadows. He always be telling me like, boy, you too nice. Like you talk to any and everybody. Like it be interns in the studio sometimes playing beats. I just come in there and start rapping on their beats. But Keon was playing beats, and I just went in there and started freestyling. He was like, man, I got to introduce you to my uncle. I'm like, who your uncle? He like, Dr. Dre. I'm like, man, come on, bro. <laughs> you know in L.A., everybody knows somebody, know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that actually know the person. So I'm like, man, come on, bro. Like, He like, no, nah, that's really my uncle. I'm like, all right, bet, take my number. I give him my number. The next day, he FaceTimed me with Dre on the phone. And Dre was like, man, I seen your L.A. Leakers freestyle. Like, I done heard a few things about you. Like, when I finish with this Super Bowl, I want to get in the studio with you. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, bet. So the Super Bowl happened. And I think it was two days later. It was like a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something. I was in the studio with some people. And Keon hit me. He was like, Unk, want you to pull up? He sent me the address. I ain't even tell nobody where I was going. I, told, I, I think they thought I was going to the bathroom or something. I just got up and left. I just got up and left. Drove straight over there. By I spent, yourself? Yep. You got to. Straight by myself. I ain't, bring somebody yeah, I ain't bringing yeah. nobody over there. You can't there. do that. Hell nah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I went over there, and I was over there for about four days. And we just was cooking, 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 cooking. And then everything he taught me is really what motivated this project. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to have some type of resemblance of like where I was at in my career right now, right? Like, I ain't got no number one album. I ain't got no number one record, but I'm gonna get it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to express what that feels like being in this moment right now. So being around Dre, he kind of like taught me how to act out my lyrics and say things different. It's a song called Can't Win For Nothing that Charlemagne told me the production sound cheap. <laughs> uh, so we had to beef up the mix a little bit, but um, I ain't lie though. No, and I appreciate that. Word. I appreciate that. Um, but it's a song on there if you listen to it. Before I was with Dre, I would have rapped the first lyrics like, uh, "I woke up this morning with all these thoughts in my head, jumped out the bed and stubbed my toenails." But Dre taught me how to say it like, "I woke up this morning with all these thoughts in my head." Jumped out the bed and stuck my toenails. Mm. So you could actually it up. feel me hitting mm -hmm. my toe. He mm -hmm. taught me how to act out my lyrics and stuff like that. And he also taught me that like a lot of people beats be terrible. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like when you get around him and you start hearing them beats, you be like, damn, why I'd even rap on these other niggas? Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's a goat. That's what make him Dre. So Absolutely. shout out to Dre, man. He always teach me a lot. He give me a lot of game. It'd be times where I'd be lost on what to do and I text him and he hit me right back. Do this, do that, say this. You know what I mean? Be a man of integrity. That's what it is. How many songs y'all got together? You probably gonna kill me for saying this. Uh, then don't do it. Now nah, we on the Breakfast Club. I'm saying it. I think we got about six. Okay. Wow. Okay. We got about six. You know where they going? Or? I don't. All right. I don't. Let me don't. ask you this. Earlier we were talking about Never Change featuring Roddy Rich. Yeah. Do you feel that people around you sometimes change? Because I know that's a common thing I hear. Yeah. Like you, they'll tell you you change. Yeah. 
but really Ooh. people treat you differently Facts. when things start to happen. Facts. I'm going through that right now. Like I got a bunch of people um that'll look at like all my attraction and all my movement and they just think because we friends they supposed to be there. But it's like Grab a flight. Word up. You know what I mean? Pull up. Get here. As long as you get here, I'm going to make sure it's cool. But it's like, I can't just be funding everybody flights and everybody room and everybody food right now. I know it look nice. You know what I mean? But that ain't where we at. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody playing their role. That's why I keep my dog with me feet. He been with me from the beginning. You know what I mean? He ain't never asked for nothing. We been rocking from the beginning. But it's so many people that feel like because they know you, they feel like they entitled to get That's something right. from you. That's right. And it's like, bro, like, help me. Don't just always try to take from me. Like, this is a tough business. Right. It's very tough. Like, it's, artists get, like, what, two, three years at the max sometimes? Now it feels What's, like a year and a half. Yeah. It's that boy I like from that joint you got where you be like, um... And when and when they want more, you act like they act like you never, never did nothing. Shit. Yeah, you could do, you could do oh, everything man. for somebody. I didn't gave people verses, wrote them songs, and then they'd come to the show and be like, "Bro, I don't want to pay for no ticket." It's like, bro, support me, man. Right up, the right ticket up. twenty dollars. Right you know what I mean? Support me, like yeah, I make can't me get look good too. Like yeah. I gotta sell tickets. I gotta one. sell. I got mm -hmm. a booking agent. They looking at. How many tickets this nigga selling? Right. You know what I mean? Like, support And don't just me. buy one. Bring a bunch of people to Bring buy some tickets, people. too. But they want to come with everybody, get their people in free to make them look like the men. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people be around you to really benefit where it is they trying to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's something I'm dealing with right now, just, like, learning, like, where to place people, learning who could come and who can't. You well, also going on tour with Joyner Lucas? Yeah, shout out my dog, Joyner. Joyner. Mm -hmm. Shout out Joyner. We go on tour this Friday. This is oh, my wow, first that's tour. Soon. Yeah, it's my first tour too. I'm well, excited. Well, congratulations. How yeah. did that even happen? Um, so Joiner had hit me back in June and he was like, um, I appreciate like you keeping bars alive. You know what I mean? Like it's very few of us that's like really trying to stand on rapping. And he was telling me he was getting ready to go on this tour and um if I wanted to come out, you know, he was extending his hand. I'm like, Hell yeah, I ain't never been on no tour. COVID got in my way. So um, this is actually the first artist to bring me along and share share his platform Smooth with me. So a, lot, a lot of artists don't do that. They feel mm -hmm. like you're going to, you know, steal their shine or, you know what I mean, take from what it is they mm -hmm. do. But he really extended his hand and brought me on. He even offered for me to go on his bus. You know what I mean? Oh, but wow, I was like, true. man, I'm about to pull up with a couple big niggas. I ain't bringing all these niggas <laughs> on the bus. You got know 18 right? dates, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, it's I'm excited about this just to see, like, the fans, how they react to the music, what music they like the most. So I'm excited about it. And and are you and LaRussell doing a project, man? Because I'm trying to figure out. First of all, I want to know what's in the water that got you and LaRussell sounding the way y'all do. That's number one. First off, that's my dog. Love that dude. That's my dog right there. I literally... um. Anytime I'm in the bay, what's crazy is LaRussell live not too far from my mom. Mm -hmm. So every time I'm in the bay, damn, I shouldn't have said that because everybody be in his backyard. Now they going to know where my mom <laughs> live. <laughs> you right. But no, nah, every time I'm out there, I hit him. And uh, it's just motivating because it's like he really running a business with his family. That's right. Like Word literally, up. like Word I went up. over there, like they pressing up their own tees. They having marketing conversations. They in the backyard having rehearsal. And it be making me wish like, damn, I wish I had this before I was going the major route. Mm -hmm. But I, it was hard for me to build a team because mm -hmm. everybody was thinking for self. He got a bunch of people that's literally supporting him. Like they want to see him win. I had a bunch of niggas around me that just wanted to see us win. Rather than see me win, so we could all get the win. That's right. And um, 
he just inspired me, bro. He like really inspired me. We've been talking about this project. Um, I was actually supposed to come to his residency that he just did, but I had to um, go out of town and film this video. But um, we that's definitely, crazy to say residency and it's in his backyard. That's incredible, though, <laughs> ain't it? it is. That's incredible. Uh, like he literally just had like four hundred people in a backyard yep. at his crib. You know what I mean? That bought tickets and bought merch. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, especially for a Bay artist. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough for that's us. Dope. And he went through the same thing I went through. People telling him, you need this type of song. You need that. Certain blogs in the Bay didn't want to post him because he don't play into the politics. Mm. And he cut through. He cut through. Mm -hmm. His music expanded. It was That's bigger right. than the Bay. So we definitely, I don't know when it's going to come, but we definitely going to put that together. We didn't talked about it a few times. Um, so it's, it's going to come. It's just, you know, he got a lot going on. I got a lot going mm -hmm. on. But once we get some downtime to really knock it out, it's going to come together. Right. Well, let's play a song off the album, man. What you want to hear? Never Change, featuring mm -hmm. the homie Roddy Rich. All right, well, here it is. Simba's album is out today. Results take time out Make today. Make sure you pick it up. Yes, sir. And Simba, you're going places, my brother. Come on, man. I appreciate y'all <laughs> for having me. Um, also, you know, like I always tell you, I appreciate what you do with the Black Effect Network. Yes, sir. Um, Thank because you. it's important for us to have black media. You know what Absolutely. I mean? We always get hot and feel like we got to run to the other man, not the brother man. That's right. You know what I That's mean? Right. So everything you do from uh, all the smoke to to every every podcast you got, man, I salute you. Thank also you, salute you on your future endeavors. You. I actually like one of your co-hosts. I'm going to get at her later. Uh-oh. Lip um, service? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. She, she fine as hell. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she said that's you guys <laughs> We know what the hell you meant What that you meant And shout out to you too Envy so man you, You're a real legend out here man You got a lot of people on the bay that always speak highly of you You know what I mean I got a lot of people from Hampton that always talk about you So you're a legend man And, and, and everything y'all do for this culture You know for the last what I want to say 12 to 12 yeah, be 13 this year. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean we, we always as young artists wake up and watch this show um, to get information, to learn what it is we should be doing. I learned a lot from this show, so it's a blessing to be here, and I appreciate y'all for having me. Yes, sir. All right, well, Simba, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.